guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast, the only podcast where the guest picks the topic of every single episode. My name is Corey Tyndall, and as always, I'm your host. And this week, I sat down with New York City comedian Allie Breen to talk about addiction. Um, so I'm going to say off the top that neither one of us have uh, an addictive personality, nor are we an addict. Um, not trying to brag, but just for people who think uh, the level of expert that we're going into this. However, what I do want to say is that um, we have quite a bit of experience with dealing with addicts, um, partially in the comedy scene. Um, Allie has addiction that runs in her family. I studied it in college, so um, this isn't just two people talking about something that they know nothing about, um, because I know addiction can be a uh, sensitive topic for people. So um, if there's anything that we said that you guys disagree with, um, I don't know, shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll respond to it, put on a correction later. I don't know. But this is a really interesting conversation. Um, we dive into all things addiction, um, how addiction can affect people, how people can get addicted to not just substances, but also, also lifestyles and different um you know, food and adrenaline and other things like that. So um, this is a really interesting conversation. I think you guys will like it a lot. You can follow her at Allie Breen on all social media. Um, she posts all of her shows on her Instagram. So if you want to see her live in New York City, you could do that. Also catch her on the Bob and Tom show every single Wednesday morning. Um, she's on that. And as always, follow me at Corey T Comedy on all social media. That's TikTok, Instagram, um, Twitter, because Twitter's still a thing, I guess. Um, and if you're in New York City, come to oh, a comedy show every single week at Ferns in the East Village. Um, check online what days those are. It switches between Wednesday and Thursday. So we keep that updated. Um, and please remember to like, subscribe, share the podcast. We love when you do that. And let's get into the episode. I think you're the first person in uh, like a few weeks that has done this podcast that didn't want to drink right oh, before we started I, doing it. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just like fully read it. Like, no, 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 no. It is six o'clock. Yeah. That is. Um, That's like the time people start, though, that we know. I mean, oh, yeah. People start at five, right? Isn't that the whole saying? It's five o'clock somewhere. Five o'clock. I think that's like a fried, like a. All right, five o'clock. I guess. Well, After the whole like happy hour. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like now that I don't go into an office. Like before, we would leave the office. We'd try to get out of there like five fifteen or five thirty, and we'd go drink because I'm not going home. But like, see, that makes sense to me. But I always waitressed or bartended, and after our shift, people would go drink. And I'm like, we were just at a bar all night. Why yeah. at two a.m. are you going to find a place to drink until I, four a.m.? It's insane. Don't get me wrong. I love those industry bars <laughs> where it's like, oh, this is the bar all the waiters and waitresses yeah. come to. That's the best one you want to go to. Probably because everyone's been drinking throughout their shift. There's yep. all the drama already bubbling. Yeah. Yep, it's gonna exactly. Be, they all know each other. There's yeah. like free alcohol flowing around. If you could get like brought in by one of the other bartenders, then like that's a good time. Like the the bar that we run our show at now, we've been there long enough that they're like, oh yeah, we'll we'll give you guys a discount. Yeah, you guys want a free shot? You want this? It's like, nice. why aren't I going there at the end of the night? Yeah, because it's like I'm kind of we're kind of quote unquote like industry at this point. Yeah, like 
the the bartenders and waiters all respect what we do. It's not the same, but like we all have to deal with the same shitty people. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. And then at least, yeah, you're still drinking on a tab that's way less than if you just go to a random bar. Yeah. They know you. Right. You know, there when I started comedy, there was a um club. It had been the Boston and it was the village, the comedy village, right around from the cellar. Sure. And there was a bar underneath called the Bagot Inn. And everyone would go down there like throughout the night and after the night, but it was all Irish run and everyone would get into fights there and they would lock the doors so that the <laughs> fight could end. So like that people couldn't run away and spill outside. Wow. It was the craziest place. So they were keeping other people in or the people fighting? They wanted in. the people fighting to be in, but everyone got locked in. So like people would get dragged in, like people would be leaving with blood and you'd be like, whose blood? No, not my blood. <laughs> like it was the craziest. Damn. See, because it would go until 4 a.m. And like everybody yeah. from, I mean, from probably, I bet, what other there's like a big restaurant a nice italian restaurant right by there il molino i bet the il molino people went there too mm, and then mm. they saw the comedy people it's probably like <laughs> brawls <laughs> yeah Oof. that's uh i does that part of new york still exist i feel like if i had to if someone were to ask me like someone visiting like all right i want to see some real like new york shit like yeah. six in the morning people are like fighting in the street I'm like, there's maybe a couple bars, but the odds of something weird happening are still kind of low. Yeah, like, like that one, nightly. That was going to happen. <laughs> That's not a nightly thing. But you're right. You'd have to find like an Irish-run, Irish-owned. Right. Like, Irish, is that being, can I even say that Honestly, anymore? I mean, right yeah. Now, I don't think anyone cares about Irish and Scottish stereotypes. Those are no. people, they want to drink and fight. And like, yeah. that's fun for them. Right. It's maybe like, I don't know. I've seen more fights at the Grizzly Pair, honestly, than... Like that's any other funny. bar. Yeah. But that's like audience, that's like drunk audience members getting into it with like comics comic. that have done co too much cocaine. Yeah, and exactly. And a chair gets thrown. Right, and then, right, right, yeah, right. People go, yeah, those fights don't usually last long. People are ready to break those up pretty quickly. Right. But. Yeah. The last one I saw that, um, well, there was a comic that got in like an argument with someone and he went outside and found the kid's moped and then slashed his moped tires and then fought him in the street. So that was pretty fun. Oh, that's a good uh, one. That was, <laughs> that was for, I liked the, it started with the slashing of the tires and yeah. then it turned into a fight. Cause that's a real reason to fight somebody. Yeah. Um, that's a psychopath. Oh Wait yeah. 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 Your oh, tires yeah. yeah. After... He doesn't live in the city anymore. <laughs> um, the, uh, but the, the other one, there were two, two dudes in the grizzly pair. Um, audience they were really drunk and they were like heckling me but i actually like had a good comeback i generally don't have i normally am like so little that. like a little sarcastic thing and i hope they shut up but like i actually had a good one on them so they he got all mad and then he left after my set and i was like all right well they were too drunk anyway this was only gonna get worse like yeah i don't i don't care the bar's not mad that these people walked out um but then i'm sitting outside at the pair and i see them at off the wagon next door um and they are getting in a fight with the bartender that or not the bartender the bouncer that's there because he won't let them in because they're too drunk yeah and so it's these two like meathead guido dudes uh arguing with the bouncer all the other bouncers come over from all the other places because they're, they're like huge they're all down huge there. yeah, yeah. They're enormous, this is this man. is not some like kid who's like <laughs> just like oh i hope nothing happens these are like dudes that are ready to fight yeah. every single night and so it's these two meatheads 
talking to like four bouncers and they're all like looking like they're going to fight each other. And I can't hear what's being said, but one of the dudes turns to his buddy and knocks him out cold. His buddy? He knocked out his own friend. (laughs) And his friend was laying like half dead on the sidewalk. And all these bouncers looked at each other like, what just fucking happened? That guy's so drunk. He thought that was a bouncer. Is that what you think happened? I don't know. I have no... my guess is like his friend said something and he was like just sick of everything. Of ra- He's like, well, I'm not going to beat up these bouncers that weigh 300 pounds. I'll just no. beat up my friend. Yeah, but also like... I think he probably got confused. I Same thing at this job that I worked at. There was like a bar cocktail waitress job. People would get so drunk on the job and there was this guy... I remember someone was driving us home and he was like yelling at the guy driving us home and the guy turned around. He's like, it's you. I thought it was in a cab. Like people are so screwed up. They have no idea. And he was trying to pick a fight. And the guy was like, he was literally like, I'm driving you home. What are you trying? Yeah. Yeah. These. uh. Oi. Is there like, cause with comics, there's such a high rate of like alcoholics. Yeah. Um, not even including the ones that definitely are alcoholics, but like just the people that are like out and sober. Yeah. Um, That's a bigger percentage now, I think. The people well, who yeah. have, you know, gone through it and they're sober now. Um, yeah, so, there's so many. And I don't think it's hard to say like anyone who has an addictive personality. I don't know how they go into comedy because that's you get paid in drinks half the time. Like that's 90 percent. Of how it works, if you feel better on stage, you feel like you're funnier, right. you have stories to tell, you hobnob with people afterwards all night. I right. mean, it helps until it doesn't, but to, depending on how you handle your liquor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, on stage, I don't think it helps, but like if you're going to sit at a club for four hours and just rotate through people walking through and you're like meeting new people and all this, and yeah. I mean, like. This I'm also shocked that like comics aren't ill a hundred percent of the time just because we talk to so many people and we like eat the mic that and, ninety okay. people have their mouths. <laughs> I do on. not. I, I put the mic oh, down here and I I'm fucking so use that. my diaphragm. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that is. I'm, I'm so not eating the mic. Of. That is so fucking gross. It really is. Um, the, Some guy after show one time opened up a mic. Like, oh dude yeah it, oh I, no even, it was first of all like drooling there's like, like a full so rat disgusting. in the mic it's <laughs> like <laughs> just cockroaches crawling uh-huh, out yeah it. you know those yeah yeah lines oh my god yeah. yeah they're disgusting oh yeah never smell a microphone either know, that's, that's bad enough you only breathe out <laughs> into the microphone no breathing in um but like when you're talking to that many people Nobody could sit there for four hours a night every night without a drink and meet that many people and hear the same thing. Like, oh, how were they? Oh, they were good. Okay, well, that's this person. Okay, it's like, it's so repetitive. Or when someone comes up and is like, I have some jokes for you and you have to sit and listen to 20 jokes. Like, yeah, no, a drink actually helps. There's comics, too, that are amazing. Like David Tell, Mm -hmm. who drank forever. And he got known for drinking because of insomniac. I mean, he got known for his comedy, but like sure. he would go out and get drunk after. So they would send him shots. Like he would get sent like thirty shots every show. Yeah. No one can handle. And you have a second no. show after that. I He'd know. have to throw, you know, water <laughs> in his mouth and pretend that he was. Oh and man. And then he, I think he quit cold turkey, which is another thing that's unreal. And Good just for still him. go out to clubs and have people try to buy you drinks left and right. Oh yeah, yeah. that is kind of the like. You mentioned people with addictive personality. I think people with addictive personalities are 
sort of drawn to stand up in a way because yeah. it is something you can like get addicted to it really it's is. like the high on stage but you're all like you can always work on it it's not like um if you're sitting at home by yourself it's not like you're you're uh-huh. sitting there going like all right well nothing i could do until i go to the club it's like no i could sit down and write i could do this and like yeah all those like prolific comics that like just uh, have a joke for everything at all times or whatever it's like yeah. that's a full-on addiction to comedy they're always thinking about it they're yeah. never not thinking they're about writing it. stuff down constantly that's like when you know when you go out with comics and like you're having a funny conversation and people are like that's a bit write that down that's yeah. a bit write that down yeah people's <laughs> yeah. minds are constantly constantly going it is completely an addiction which is also another like I don't know. I mean, I guess it's good for the people who make it, but the people who would do it for so many years that, that aren't, I'm like, that's a terrible oh, addiction no. in a way yeah. too. Well, so the ones that, so this is, um, this is partially what I wanted to get into with like the psychology of addiction. It's so like, I don't understand the comics that like they get into this lifestyle and then they quit and they stay in the city and they're still like those are the ones that stay addicted to to alcohol yeah. and like they they don't change their lifestyle really they just change where they like instead of going to a comedy club they just go to another bar but they're staying in the same lifestyle of like yeah. all right i work during the day and then i go get fucked up at night and then i'm hungover in the morning and then it's like this endless cycle um but like one of the big factors to addiction is your environment and um if you're able to change your environment cutting out the addiction is much easier like david tell cutting cold turkey while still living in new york and still going to the comedy clubs is crazy willpower yeah that's insane but like you see people quit comedy and then they move out to the suburbs and they're like a completely different person. It's like, well, yeah, they're not going to all the bars and meeting yeah, all the people. Yeah, they're like in nature all of a sudden. Yeah, right. They're out with deer <laughs> in their backyard. It's a lot easier to not have a drink than right. when you're with a homeless person harassing <laughs> you. It makes yeah. a difference. But the thing too, though, well, you, we were talking earlier, you studied the psychology of yeah. drink or addiction. Or did you study specifically that facet? So it was... So my overall degree was applied psychology. So for like two and a half years, I kind of focused on clinical. And so I took like, I was probably three or four classes on like drug psychology and addiction psychology. And like one of my um, like professors slash like guidance people or whatever is a, um, she's like a, a, nation a national expert on addiction so like courts would call her and say like hey we have this person um in here and they have like they're arguing addiction or like alcohol did this can you come in and be an expert witness for these behaviors based on like the different drugs and and their addiction and stuff like that so that was one of my teachers and that was kind of what i focused on for a while that's interesting because i had i've heard like addiction is such a weird thing to me because I've never really struggled with it, but I have plenty of family members and friends who have. Sure. But everything is considered an addiction now. When it's chemical, mm. I understand it a lot more if, if you're smoking or you're drinking. Yeah. But when it's like this adrenaline thing or, you know, because now they're talking about having rehabs that involve crypto addiction. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I buy into all of that. And it's the same with yeah. like, you know, 
there was this case, and I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but this it was crazy to me. There was a guy. He was in the military, I think. Mm-hmm. And he had this really exciting lifestyle. He was, like, frontline, you know, basically was constantly out, like, doing these missions. And when he got out of the military, he couldn't replace that adrenaline rush. Yeah. So he tried everything. He tried drugs. He tried drinking. He tried all this stuff, and nothing would replace it. And then he started doing armed robberies. <laughs> And that defense when that he got would caught, give him. that was what he said. He's like, that was the only thing. He's like, I didn't care about the money. I wasn't yeah. trying to hurt people. I was honestly just trying to get that high yeah. going. And I was like, I don't know if I buy that at that point. <laughs> like, that is a crazy defense. And I think it worked. Yeah. So does that I, really check out as far as addiction goes? It, it does. I mean, it's That's crazy. It's so like, I guess we should start with like the way that drugs, uh, influence your body so like different drugs do different things right sure like um you've got like your psychoactives and that's like weed mushrooms yeah. acid like those work by changing connections in your brain and so they're not really like they're not as chemically addictive because there's it's kind of it's a little different every time where like your body doesn't associate it with like oh my god i have to have this to stay alive it's just kind of like just kind of treats it as like oh that was a weird experience we just had like time to to keep going living life yeah well it's like if it happens again like sure it's fun but like there's there's nothing in it that's like the chemical itself or your body itself saying like Okay, we need to have this like to survive. Like a heroin type of thing, right? right like where right. it's like I'm, I'm replacing a chemical that's yes. depleted in your body or whatever. So the the way that addiction works with like alcohol and um, like heroin is that those two, and this goes with like pills, and the same with cocaine, and like all. The, essentially, what they do is they just like open the floodgates. For your body to release dopamine and serotonin and say that it's essentially telling your body like when you when you start drinking, it's telling your body like, okay, here we go. Like we're going to have a fun. We're going to have a fun time. We're going to like we're going to feel good. Your muscles are going to relax. You're going to feel more confident, like all this other. Right. Exactly. Um, And so when you wake up the next morning and you're hungover, your body's like oh, wow, that really sucks. And you might feel like shit, so you don't want to drink right away. That takes like a long time to get up to um, of the like, I'm going to wake up and and drink alcohol. But when you put yourself in that situation again where you're at the bar, your body and what the alcohol does in your system when it's in there is it essentially tells your body like, hey, you're not going to get that dopamine rush unless you like do more of this. Like right. unless you drink more, you're going to have a worse time. Yeah. And so like that's kind of where it starts to go. So with. It's like, look around, think about your life. Yeah. Do you want to be sober while you're doing that? <laughs> yeah. And you feel like if it's two nights in a row, you feel physically worse. And you know, like, That'll make you... oh, if I have another drink, this will be better. Yeah. Um, And that's why it is so like associative to your environment is like. You look around at the bar and you're like, this is the bar where I drink and I have a good time and I'm not having as good of a time. So I should be having a good time. Right. So that means I need to drink. Um, but it's really just like it. All the drugs do is just release these chemicals our bodies already have. Yeah. Um, 
and our bodies have them to release for things that are good for our body, right? Like when you eat food when you're hungry, you release a lot of serotonin and dopamine, which is why like when you're starving, food tastes so fucking yeah. good. Because your your body's like really trying to encourage you not to be that hungry again. Okay. Um, and so it like does that dump. So with this dude like trying to get that adrenaline back, like if his body is saying like, Hey man, this we need this to survive. Like, where is it? We don't have it. We don't have it. Like, and I guess that's it, what he had been doing was like armed something or another. Yeah, I mean, he was in the military. It wasn't armed robberies, but it was like combat. Right. So he's like, he's his body's telling him like, Hey man, we got to get back to combat. What are you doing? What are you doing? And yeah. he's like, he can't find a replacement until he starts robbing banks, and that's the only way his body can like, quote unquote, return to normal because it was at that heightened state for so long. Yeah. I mean, it anyway, seems does like that a make crazy, sense? That was a lot. So it does like, make sense. It still sounds like a crazy defense to say because, like, a rational person would still be like, "Well, I guess I'm going to have to live without that adrenaline rush," as opposed to like, "I'm going to go to any end of the earth to get yeah. this." Well, you could say that about any drug, right? Like anyone who does a bunch of heroin and like is homeless on the street. Yeah. Like that was rationally. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Remember, he died yeah. of heroin. Those surprising people because you think of like. Kurt Cobain, and you're sure. like, all right, we see it happening. But then there's guys that you're like, did anyone know that was going on in there? Yeah. It doesn't, like, it's, a lot of it can happen because people, their their brains don't regulate those chemicals properly. Right. Um, where, like, if you struggle with depression and literally the only time you're happy is when you're on something, then, like, you can come across as totally normal, like especially these actors. They're so good at like, oh yeah, being happy around people, and then like they go home and you find out like, oh, he's miserable. Like, yeah, twenty twenty two and a half hours a day, he's miserable, and then for an hour and a half, he's like the the happiest person ever. But that's when other people see him. Yeah. Um. Well, that's the whole thing about because I watched the special, uh, or it was like a documentary on Bill Wilson founding Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people are part of that group, but it's not effective. It's like very ineffective. Yeah. I don't think it has the results that are any different than people who try to quit without using Alcoholics oh, Anonymous. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Do you remember like the the stats or like why? Yeah, I think it's just because it's it's all a matter of want, I think. I mean, you really have to want to quit. If someone's telling you to quit and get into this program, mm -hmm. the program can't really do anything. Yeah. But if you want to and you go through those steps, because it's kind of like what you're saying, it's like you don't go to the places that yeah. remind you of drinking. You apologize to the people you have. Like, um, You have to accept responsibility for things you've done. You have to do a lot of things where you'll look really stupid if you turn around and start drinking and <laughs> doing the same things again. Yeah. But That's, it's all I know, kind of... I know a comic that won't quit comedy because he says he told too many people that he was going to be a famous comic. So, so he hates it. So and he, he's just he has it. no fun. He hasn't had a good set in three years. And he's like, I can't quit. I, 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 can't, I can't satisfy quit. these people who yeah, thought I was no. going to quit. He's like, I can't go back to these people. Not a famous comic. So I was like, Buddy, they don't care, man. Not at <laughs> like, all. You They're told them that like eight it. years they ago. They don't even remember. No, not at all. And when you told him that, they were like, this guy's never going to make it. There's no way that they thought. No. But also, if they're like, oh, you only did it for eight years, you fucking nerd. Like, oh, you stupid piece of shit. Like, anyway, you sorry. Quit so I, hard. I, I interrupted. No, um, but I think you're right on the want thing. Like, that's the only way. But if you want to, I guess those steps help. 
like marginally yeah. but that's why it's always been surprising to me too like people that we work with comics mm-hmm. that are very strong-willed they're around alcohol all the time they're not drinking but they're going to meetings in the background yeah and i'm always like that's so funny because i would just not i mean it sounds like an unpleasant way to spend an hour so like it would <laughs> yeah. make me want to drink more i feel like i'd be like this isn't helping this is making me yeah <laughs> you're like well i mean i can't imagine hearing like like if I had to sit down for an hour and then hear a bunch of comics talk about how terrible comedy was, I don't think I'd want to do more comedy. That's actually but about like, how it ruined their lives, and they which they should start those yeah, meetings. Actually, I mean, honestly, we need more people to quit. Yeah, There's like 100%. too many comics, too many big comics told all the comics my age, like, no, no, just don't quit. You'll make it if just you don't go out quit. Every day. Like, That's just... not true. You need to quit. Yeah, a lot of you just aren't good. <laughs> we gotta thin the uh, herd. <laughs> um yeah no i like my understanding of alcoholics anonymous and i've never been to a meeting and i've never like i have i haven't done a ton of research into it aside from just like kind of knowing what it is like the the overall structure yeah is like one it holds you accountable on some level that's the so biggest, like I think. you have a sponsor like you're doing it for someone it's not like it's you like have someone to fall back for losing on. weight yeah yes. you're in a community right and you feel dumb if you don't take part in the way that you said you were going to take part in I yes think. that's exactly it um and then i think the other part is it like provides a lot of structure to people like i think a lot of alcoholics um just like their life is all their life feels out of control and so yeah. to give them a structure is um can be like very beneficial to like how they okay, think right. about their life and and it's like replacing times that they would drink with something else right like yeah. if i'm a comic and i go to a show maybe it's easier to not drink during the show because I'm like, oh, I got to stay sober for my set. But the issue is like drinking afterwards. Yeah. But if it's like, oh, I'm just going to go to a meeting right afterwards, then suddenly you don't drink afterwards. And so it's kind of like filling that and you that have time a group in. that you're around. Well, that's probably yeah. the other part. It's like if you've told your family and friends a bunch of times you're going to quit drinking and you keep relapsing, yeah. you have no merit with them. But if you tell this group, and then you relapse, you can show up again because everyone understands it. And yeah. they're like, all right, day one, let's go again. Like, you can do this. That's that's a big, but like, support. Like, yeah. a lot of families don't support. Well, because people oh. can only take so many, like, betrayals when it's yeah. a family, I think. But if right. it's a group of people that are all going through the same thing, yeah, it's got to be very different. But the want thing, it's like... And, you know, also a lot of the comics that I've worked with, namely Artie Lang, who've had addiction problems, obviously. Sure. His addiction problems were more, you know, he'd go out, he'd be like the life of the party. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to talk to him. He's telling stories. He's so funny. Yeah. And then he would disappear to go to drugs by himself. Like, yeah. it didn't even make sense. I was like, you would rather be <laughs> in a car just like... Listen to the radio guy. That sounds like a nightmare. Most people yeah. want to be around their friends. So it, that's the other part. I just don't understand so many levels of addiction. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak to Artie Lang specifically because I yeah. didn't know him. But like that it could be. And I'm, again, just totally speculating that he was like he was just exhausted of performing for people. Yeah. Like if he felt like he needed to be on with these people all the time. And then suddenly it. he's just like 
all right, I'm fucking drained. I'm going to go like over here and like do the thing that makes me feel better. And the demons, all the things, the thoughts oh, that yeah. he wants to suppress and all. He's like, all right, everything could just go away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forget about that. That the people who are the life of the party, they're performative half the time. It's like they don't want to be, maybe, yeah. but they just are. <laughs> right. That's where you get like the... Um, John Belushi and like yeah. those those old like those SNL dudes that like all got hooked on coke yeah. in the 80s on SNL and then just like just really burned out over the next like six or seven years but those guys did seem like they were doing it in a show like that was fun for them like they were yeah. going out and partying hard and having the yeah. time of their lives well i'm but... sure it was fun at night yeah i can't imagine that's too much fun in the, the morning day. <laughs> it's like i don't <laughs> party nearly that hard and i'm like dying in the morning yeah so um yeah it... that's why i don't i well you know i don't drink much mostly because i get hung over so much yeah. or so badly but I don't drink much and I still would never be able to never drink again. Like that is a really hard yeah. thing to do. I can't imagine going to a wedding or something and not being able to have right. a drink. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, I I mean, I don't really struggle with addiction. So I, I don't, um, I'm kind of the same way is like, I have little, uh, I guess to an extent we do the same thing, right? Like exactly what you just said is like, Oh, at a wedding, that's where you drink. Yeah. The issue becomes where like you get to the point where everywhere is where you have a drink yeah. where like, I guess people with non-addictive personalities like don't, um, like if I'm at, if I'm at a funeral, like there's no part of me that's like this would be better if I were drunk, yeah. even though it probably would be. Mostly, this that's the place where everything from. would be for yeah. sure. So like, why don't I think like, oh yeah, I should shots. have a drink? It's like, well, I don't know. This doesn't feel like the right time. I don't feel like I need one. Like, yeah, you know, like that. But like, I guess if you wake up and you're miserable and you're like, oh well, I'm in the bathroom in the morning, so I guess I need a drink. Like. That would be so difficult. Yeah. Just everywhere you look, you're like reminded of booze. I just can't even imagine like going through a day. Because if I day drink too, I'm exhausted. Like to drink every day and be able to function. That's the other yeah. part, I guess, is like the functioning alcoholics who still get a bad rap for like you have to quit your drinking, I guess, for a health reason. Yeah. If I was that guy, I'd be like, yeah, no. Right. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> well, that's I'm why I don't quit. I don't to, yeah. Exactly. Um, I feel like until I'm behind a dumpster, like <laughs> pissing my life away, I'm probably gonna keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Well, did you um, did you read? Or did you see one of the new studies that came out about alcohol and like how different people metabolize it? No. So like this just like just came out, and they're starting to do more studies on this stuff. But they've they. Um, I'll see if I can find the study and link it in the description on this podcast. But um, they're realizing that different people metabolize alcohol differently. So, like, it gets everybody drunk. That's because you're essentially sure. poisoning your body and your 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 brain, like, slows down and it feels good, right? But, like, okay. have you ever noticed with some people, they've, they have found out that, like, 33% of people do not get energized from drinking. Like drinking actually makes them feel more tired. Sure. Where like it's something like sixty five percent of people get more energy from alcohol. So like 
if you think about it in your own experience, like everybody knows the one person that's like that could stay up until six or seven in the morning, like, yeah. and they're just like go. They could just go all yeah. night. That person, like, alcohol is keeping them going. As soon as they stop drinking, they pass out. Okay. But, like, they're just having so many drinks and it keeps going. Where, like, other people that are like, yeah, I have one, two drinks and then I'll head out. I don't know. I'm tired. Yeah. I just, like, and I'm the first type. If I'm constantly drinking, I can I can stay up go, go, all go. night. Yeah. <laughs> all night. It's gotten me in trouble uh, a few times. Not oh, too many times. So funny. But, like, there's like been a few. Free. Like, that's yes. it. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. I didn't know that it really had that effect on people i figure they're already that like gino bisconti they're already yes. that personality right and then it just exacerbates it which i guess kind of is the case yeah yeah i think um it has to metabolize differently though because there's also people who like you said they're super fun and they're drunk and then other people after a few drinks they're like <laughs> yes and you're like you can't have a conversation with them anymore no. and you're like what happens to you <laughs> it's like a fourth well, drink those thing people are just tiny they're like very <laughs> small like people and uh yeah yeah they look at me they're like i'm so jealous you can have more than one and a half drinks without getting hammered i was like i'm jealous that i don't have to spend 400 hours yeah. a night to get hammered you're like, <laughs> exactly you're like i have to work. yeah it's my paycheck going out there god damn it <laughs> What do you drink? Do you drink hard liquor? or I'll like drink beer? anything. Anything? Uh, yeah. It, it depends on my mood. I'm what like, is your nationality? Um, I am... I mean, I'm like aggressively American. Like I oh, had, funny. I had ancestors like, come over on the, the Mayflower. Mayflower. Yeah, literally amazing. on the Mayflower. Wait, um, are you? What's like the equivalent the 1500s. of like daughters of the Revolution? Yeah, to my there's an, there must be a male equivalent to that kind of thing. Oh, I don't know. My wow. the, somewhere down my family line. Uh, it's like eighth time, ninth time uh, uncle way back is Paul Revere. And oh, my then, God. Like, and then allegedly my grandmother says my my grandma did like all the like ancestry yeah. stuff. She was in her 80s when she did it. So like we're leaving room for like, but we've also <laughs> taken those ancestry.com things. So they're and like, it's like proven it does. It's not, it doesn't prove it, but it does like say like she was at least in the ballpark. Uh, but she said that. uh my like 10th generation great grandmother was the first baby born on the Mayflower. Oh my God. Yeah. So aggressively American. Yeah. That's like the most, you're the most American person I've ever met. I think I've done, I've tried to do bits about it. It's like, why isn't my family rich? Like we're in the, we're in the richest country in the history of the world. Owned everything. Everyone. At that point you should have Exactly. Well, we're in the North, so we weren't owning people, but like the, (laughs) you should have at least owned land. We should have as like animals. Like you should have had a big farm. Yes, exactly. I'm like, it's like every time someone was like, Oh, I have this idea. I'm going to, make a bunch of money we were like no not for me and it's like why why am i like i'm doing okay but like right up until google you guys were like no that's a no silly i know investment. and there's so we're many stories be. like that my <laughs> uncle decided or like convinced my aunt to sell a bunch of apple stock right before the iphone came out and she would have had like i think it was something like 20 million dollars oh, worth of apple stock if she kept there. it yeah. if she kept it uh-huh. and so i was like the numbers are probably off and i'm gonna get a text from my dad that's like it wasn't that much money but like it was um, actually a billion there's like, so no! many i know <laughs> yeah she got offered the vp job at, at apple um 
No, there's been She's so like, many. I'll go with there's been so many fucking things like that. Like I should have hit it big on crypto, and I just fucking missed, uh, and like all these that other one, things. I think we all have that story because we uh, all have a friend that was like obsessed. That was like yeah. in 2011, or that's like you gotta 20, buy crypto. And 2015, like, we were like was setting up our laptops and like mining it, uh, like the old fashioned way. And oh, then so you were already into it. I like, was you were into one of the it. Yeah. Touting it. I have a buddy that was like, all right, I'm gonna buy a Bitcoin when it hits two hundred dollars, and it it only got down to 201 so we never bought one and, and like, then we were like you stupid day. idiot that one dollar cost you 65 grand except not really because <laughs> if you bought it for 200 and it went to 400 you'd be like that's it i'm selling that most likely yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how i yeah. feel about if i got into it that early because i had yeah a friend who did he was the first guy to really tell me about uh podcasting he mm. was like in on the ground ground floor podcasting he had one yeah. of the first like popular podcasts and then he started a crypto podcast and this was like uh. 2000 11 Dude. or something and i'm like how yeah. i've lost track of him uh and i think he did well but you i think he sold have. out He's at like a- oh okay yeah because he was one of those guys he was in i think it was like 70 dollars yeah or something when he was in it and i'm sure when it went to like if he stayed until ten thousand, i'd be surprised because yeah. that's a huge return huge return yeah. yeah so yeah the people that got that return are like a few people that really believed in it or which they was, forgot they or had they it, forgot they had <laughs> it. Yep. The they're like oh wait they found a hard drive they're like i got a hundred bitcoin here what the fuck like we're rich yeah <laughs> um but to like you brought up the crypto addiction before like yeah that essentially to me like i put that in the same bucket as gambling addiction yeah. and it's just like it's the it's the rush it's the dopamine of like but can you equivocate is that the right word can you equivocate with that with a chemical addiction can you say like that's just as gripping or is that just people being weak-minded or am i being really um like insensitive in that sense well i don't know i don't know if insensitive is the right word because it is different because you look it's at not that the stuff same. even how people look at food addiction when people who don't have a food addiction is like just don't eat like yeah. stop and people are like yeah you can't say that to people it's gonna be yeah and you can't go cold turkey on that kind of thing you have to eat food obviously yeah but that's why i'm like when it's a chemical thing i have way more also because the people in my family have experienced chemicals like we have alcoholics sure. people who smoked drug addicts i don't know that I've known anyone who's had an addiction that's just like a like a sex addiction or a, a right. or I had a boyfriend who said he had a sex addiction <laughs> that, that checks it or doesn't check out I still don't believe it I'm like you're just an asshole <laughs> yeah but same with the gambling thing it's like no you're taking your own free will it's not a chemical thing telling you to do that yeah except that it is if it's adrenaline I guess yeah well okay so it's an internal chemical yeah. right like it's not an external chemical I think like it's all about just like how much your body associates the chemical with the stimuli, right? So like gambling's very tough because it's super easy and the highs are so high. Like, and when you're below, you always think I ha- you always when you're down, you always think I at least have to get back to even. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um so I to, I think there is some level of like food food addiction is very tricky. Um, I think it is more difficult to get a food addiction than like a heroin addiction for for instance. But like the believe- chemical can make it much easier to be um, addicted to it depending on how how much 
your body associates that chemical and how miserable the hangover is, right? Like, yeah. I think, I honestly think there are just people that, like, with food addiction, where, like, when they're hungry, they are, like, just in physical pain. Like, their okay. whole body is just, like, it feels like they're going through withdrawals when they're not eating. So that was going to be my question, because how do you differentiate huh? someone who just likes food and wants to eat right. a lot with an, a food addict? So that would be the differentiation. If they're, yeah. like... Like if you're getting, you like you're gonna... if you're getting like adrenaline in your body that says like, we are dying because we're not eating. Yeah. Like that would be really hard to not eat. Yeah. And like the tricky. Except you could be like, but when I look in a mirror, we're nowhere near dying. <laughs> like, you know, well, yeah. psycholo- like not psychologically. But I guess, you but said you, know. it, you have to feel like you want to change. Yeah. It's like the with thing. the alcoholism, like you logically, you can say like, oh, I'm going to lose weight or like logic. They get every single person who makes a New Year's resolution is like, I'm going to lose weight this year. But like until you actually feel like, no, I have to lose weight yeah, because it is a health preventing problem. me from doing something that I really would like to do. Yeah. You're never like you're never going to do it. It's so hard for people to change. Yeah. Um, but to your point, like a chemical addiction makes that even harder, like with alcoholism. Because then you go through real withdrawals. I think the withdrawals are roughly the same. It's just an added layer of alcohol also telling you. So your body says it's going to die, and then alcohol is also reinforcing your body saying that it's going to die. Yeah. So um, now you have a like chemical heroin. thing telling you as right. well as a physical thing. Yeah. Yeah. So not not to say that they're any worse or better, because if you, like, I haven't met anyone with a food addiction per se. Like, in my family, like... Uh, my family struggles with its weight. Like there's a lot of people in my family that struggle with their weight. And it's like a lot of times that at least I've, from what I've gathered is like, it's, it's kind of a, uh, like the busier they are, the more they're like, okay, well let me get this little snack because like, oh, work really sucked today. And then I have to do this, this, and this. So I'm just going to, like, scarf down some shitty food here. And then they... It's like a temporary... Yeah. Well, like... you kind of eat thinking, I'm not going to have food later. Okay. But then, like, you almost always get food later. Yeah. And then you kind of eat double because you, like, ate before. Um, which, honestly, like, I think part of the... Like, I think part of the reason people are skinny in New York is that food is everywhere. Yeah. I never feel like, holy shit, I have to eat right now. Yeah. Um, because I know that wherever I go, I'm going to be able to get food if I get hungry. Plus, you're walking everywhere. True. It's, which is different. If you're, it is weird that you want to eat you're drinking. more. I think the drinking and the walking counteract that's each other. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. I would think that's, that's probably what true. I did for like five years. It's like I was doing a lot of walking, but I was doing a lot of drinking. Yeah. So. That counteracts. <laughs> Yeah, I think, too, though, that, like, it's weird that the more, well, I guess maybe it's not weird, but the more active you are, the less you do want to, like, overeat. It doesn't affect yeah. drinking, though. But, like, if you're very sedentary, I can't find sedentary, words anymore. Yeah. Sedentary. Yeah. If you're sedentary, you, like, want to eat junk food, yeah. make, which is weird. You would think, I think the opposite. I think that's boredom. I think those I think people being true. bored, okay. which, like, yeah, that definitely happens, too. But I don't think that's a food addiction. I think I think just generally being overweight, I think food addiction are, like, those people in, in my 600-pound life where it's, like, yeah. like, if you see them, like, in the show, they'll show them not eating for, like, three hours, and they are, like, 
beside themselves rolling on the floor like in oh. in physical like they're going through withdrawals like their body is telling them that they're currently dying yeah without food and it's so hard to like if if everything your body's telling you you're dying like you can logically be like i'm not but feels like you are so it's like the same with like paranoia or anxiety sort of okay. it's like you can rationally be like this is yeah well like an anxiety attack like people get anxiety attacks just like in a grocery store there's nothing wrong with the grocery store they're just like their body just can't it's like something's just not well, firing you're in, like, right a town or something. sure <laughs> like, i'm gonna get shanked yeah well okay we're not talking about baltimore in the yeah. mid-2000s during the wire but like yeah i have not um, watched i'm the only person alive who hasn't watched that i just finished it so okay. it is good yeah um, see why is that stuff so fun to watch though like the the my 600 pound life is so yeah. fun to watch and like whatever that old what was the show they used to have oh the ones where they had interventions yes those were intervention. so good to watch because people would be running away like they'd yeah. literally be running away from the intervention and people would have to go chase them down yeah. they're so good to watch yeah i mean they're like fascinating on some level because you're you're sitting there going like how did they get to that point that's it i think like, like how you're like i might have problems but i'm not that <laughs> like how do they get that yeah i like i I think I'm lucky that I don't have an addictive personality. Like I truly don't think I, I have one. I, I'm pretty good at like disassociating stuff or like even, even at the three monkeys where we do shows all the time and you get paid in a drink ticket yeah. and like all this other stuff. Like it took a while, but now I'm like, I'm very comfortable not taking the drink ticket yeah. cause I'm like, I just can't, I can't do this every time and well that's impressive because like i said it's two-tone because one it's fun to drink and two yeah. that's your pay at a lot of comedy shows yeah. so now you're like oh now i'm doing this for less pay or for yeah. free and i'm not having <laughs> as much fun so yeah but not everything has to be fun you yeah. know like i don't know i'm i'm trying to like trying to keep balance you know and like maybe this goes to like your already lang impression is like like if you it's you know like the vacation hangover where like if you go on like a week-long vacation down to the caribbean and you come back and the next week and a half you're depressed yeah because you're like you're like you had such a good time over there that now you're gonna like your body balances out and it's like nope now we gotta have a bad time over here because yeah. you were too high for too long and so now and so like with heroin like it kind of works the same way it's like you felt really good and now you're gonna feel real shitty yeah um that's the thing about bipolar tough. i guess too it's like yeah. people who don't want to take meds i get it because the highs must be so good oh my but god then the lows i know have got to be like, terrible suicidal yeah. right right yeah, it's some some people just love the the roller coaster. Yeah, and like you see that in relationships too. Like I think people can get addicted to uh, like love bombing, and oh, yeah. like you ever see like an a, an abusive relationship where like the let's the woman is like uh, she's she's the victim in this scenario, and the guy is like for like two months he's the best significant other ever, ever. and he's just like buying her gifts and taking her out and telling her how much he loves her and like essentially love bombing her like yeah. every moment saying like i love you i love you love you and then for like a month he's like incredibly abusive and like physical and all this other stuff and then like he turns around and he's like immediately the best boyfriend ever and like that roller coaster is like people can feel like they get trapped on it because they're like the chemicals at the top 
are so, so good, good. And then the, the lack of chemicals at the bottom are so bad. Well, and then going all the way back up yeah. must feel amazing again. Right. To be like, I'm saved again. Wait, so for that type of thing, when guys love bomb, do they get wrapped up in it themselves to the point where they really think they're that in love and then a switch... Uh, goes off or are they psychologically messing with someone where they're like I know that I'm going to get this girl so into (laughs) me and then I can mess with her and then get her back which do you think is happening Uh, I think it depends on the guy I think the second one like if they're doing it and they're messing with them then like that's a true psychopath Psychopath. sociopath where like if they're also kind of riding the highs and they can't control because odds are they're probably bipolar and so they're having the same experience. They're, they're like, having I'm so the same experience. What the yes, I'm so exactly. Okay. And they're like, but you know, they don't know what they're doing necessarily. Even so like, if it's gone on, like for, because I know people who've had that sort of behavior mm-hmm. over years. So you'd think at some point they'd recognize within themselves or others, even like this is a crazy way to behave. This isn't. Yeah. But yeah, I guess if you're just that way, you're just that way. It's, yeah. I like, like I, I, I've said it a couple times. It's like sometimes people's brains just aren't firing the right way. And like, like you said with bipolar, like if it's if someone's bipolar and they're, um, if they can't control those swings in themselves, like it would make sense that, like I love to see like some studies on this actually where like if someone's in an abusive relationship and then they start and they're bipolar and they start taking meds like does that oh, or do they wake like, up yeah are they yeah like, i don't know if wake up's the right phrase but like if they do they start treating their partner normally oh you mean the abuser if the, the abuser, abuser yeah on, yeah yeah the opposite yeah 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 i wonder too i also this is my question too about studying psychology. Mm-hmm. Do you think some study it like because they're psychopaths and they want to learn people's psyches and able oh, yeah. to be able to mess with them? Most most people that are into psychology, I mean, there's I'm sure there's a few that are like, oh, I'm gonna like figure out how to mess with people. But honestly, like true psychopaths figure out how to do that at a pretty young age. Oh, they're not. Doing um, any it's not kind hard of... to mess with people. Like the thing yeah. that stops people from messing with other people generally is like a baseline of empathy. Where like <laughs> if you lack that, you all can do of anything. us know how to fucking ruin someone's life if we really wanted to. Yeah. Or like ruin everyone's life. Just yeah. go through here, be like a complete asshole the entire time, super manipulative. Like that's everyone knows how to do that. Um, and that's kind of natural. Most people that study psychology, I feel like, um, did it to try to understand them themselves better. Okay. Uh, where it's like, oh, this is how, um, this is why I acted this way, or this is why I do that. And so like, um, sort of, a like a fascination with just like how people act in general, but then also like, Oh, that's why I did this. Or that's why my family did that. Or like um, people who go in to be therapists, I think very often are like, they, they like to psychoanalyze themselves. And so they're like, well, I figured this stuff out. So now I want to help other people figure this stuff out about themselves. So it's generally genuine, but it's just like anything else. You can get psychopaths doing whatever. Bad apples, as they say. That's right. good to know, though, that most people are good because yeah. I do the cynical. I'm like, most people are trying to mess with me. <laughs> I mean, what's that say about how you grew up? <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, I did want to get into that. We have like 10 minutes left. But like if you don't want to talk about your family and like their their stuff with addiction, then we definitely don't have to. But No, we can go into it. it it's nothing. That's what I mean. 
No, it's nothing like um, that's formed any part of my life in any big way. I don't think it's just hmm. my mom was always an alcoholic and like functioning, like, very functioning. Okay. Like every night, she would start drinking probably at six, and you'd see her get antsy if she mm-hmm. didn't start drinking, and then. Throughout the night, she would drink, and there weren't a lot of ways to tell that she was drunk that mm-hmm. I knew of. You can tell it's like a little slower, a little more slurred sure. type of thing. But she was a teacher. She'd wake up at seven in the morning oh, yeah. the next day and go to school. And <laughs> like you try dealing with kids all day and yeah, not coming exactly. and drinking. I take a flask with me <laughs> to the room. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm gonna... my dad's a teacher, and like <laughs> he's definitely not a drunk, but he does like making cocktails every once in a while. Yeah, like, well, I would honestly, <laughs> my mom would tell me stories, or I occasionally met some of her students. And one time, she worked in like kind of an inner city school for a while, and there were these stories. She, you know, some kid pulled the fire alarm mm-hmm. and everyone had to file out of class and she took the kids out and all that. And then they came back in and someone had stolen her purse. No and shit. And I was like, I'm going to come in and murder every one of your <laughs> students. Like, they're so... She would give them, you uh, know, candy on Halloween or whatever, put like, yeah. you know, Hershey's Kisses on their desk, turn around to the chalkboard and like candy would just be pelted at her. I was like, what? I can't... Yeah, so I don't blame her, but that was always a debate in the family. She also smoked cigarettes, which I hated, and that was a health thing. That's, I mean, that's a real chemical addiction, too. Like, nicotine is worse, I think, than anything, because most alcoholics who recover are still smoking, um, which these days is interesting. Not many people smoke except for former alcoholics. Well, it's the cigarettes, yes, but like vaping with with my generation is fucking huge. huge. And it's, I think it goes to like, it's it's mostly like tech bros. It's mostly dudes oh. that are working like twelve to or like ten to twelve hours a day. And is that just like the oral fixation, just, or is that the actual? So that doesn't help, but it's yeah. also the nicotine on top of it is okay. like giving them a little boost. So yeah. like, all right, if I have to, nobody's nobody's brain was wired to sit somewhere for ten hours straight and just think about numbers. Like, yeah. now, okay, I shouldn't say nobody. There are those like crazy weirdos or that like, like autistic people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just a computer. Yes. Yeah. Like at Albert Einstein or whatever. Like, yeah, you could sit there and like. Yeah. Um, but like most people are not wired that way. And so like your brain starts to not give you dopamine yeah. when you keep doing things that it doesn't want to do. So it's like you could sit there and stare for like three hours and your brain's like, all right, well, we're doing something. This is good. But like hour five, it's like, hey, man, how long are we doing this? And then like hour seven, it's like we do not want to be doing this. And so you get to the point where it's like you need a chemical for your brain to release dopamine. And so you're sitting at the computer and you're just ripping jewels. Um, And it's like that's your way of like keeping your brain happy while you're doing something that it doesn't want to be doing. Well, and I know people did chain smoke back in the day, but the vaping, I've never seen anyone. People vape literally constantly. Oh, yeah. It's like and it's such a weird thing because cigarettes had this cachet. I feel Mm -hmm. like where people thought they were being glamorous. Vaping, people are like hiding it at the time and and like doing it. Yeah. So that is a pure little rush it's, for it's just a little hit and the more you'd like do if you're doing that every 10 minutes or so and you go like 45 minutes without one you you're just like, like you're like i gotta i gotta go get i gotta because your body wants to like balance it out and they haven't figured out what that does to your body yet like i've heard of popcorn lung oh, yeah. but i don't know what else is going on i think on that's after. pretty rare but i think it's just like a chemical addiction it's like caffeine like oh, okay i think of all the if anything like I'll, I would admit to having a mild caffeine addiction where like if I don't have coffee in the morning or like and like a little bit of caffeine in the afternoon, then like my I start to get a headache at like 
four or five o'clock but it kind of depends on what i'm doing yeah like if i am here and i'm working then like yeah i'm definitely getting another coffee but like if i go on vacation i don't feel nearly as much of a need to like go get an afternoon coffee i still like to have it but like that's where i always question the addiction thing that's where i'm like are you yeah. just doing something that you want to do and calling it an, it's like when people say they're allergic to something when they just don't like something i'm like sure. all right calm down no <laughs> it's it truly is like your brain is getting dopamine from other things yeah. so if i'm like spending all day snorkeling in the caribbean you don't need it then like yeah my brain's fucking happy like okay. i don't need i don't need the caffeine to tell my brain to dump dopamine it's doing it by itself but if i'm sitting in my apartment alone and like i've stood in an excel sheet for six hours there's i need something to like tell my brain to make me happy otherwise i'm just gonna like burn out and you're like you get the computer glaze over in your eyes where it's just like you can't even fucking see straight um it's not fun (laughs) well that's the other thing too that i've never had a full understanding of like with my mom she did not want to quit. She was basically like, I don't want to quit. I don't want to go mm-hmm. through withdrawals. I'm fine. Sure. So what can you do? Yeah. But the other thing I don't totally understand, and this was part of like the documentary on AA was when they were realizing you could not be just a part-time drinker if you had this addiction. Yeah. Which is the other thing I really don't get. So no one can do that. You don't think there's some people some, that can go half back and be like, I can just have a glass of wine occasionally. Some, some people can. And it, so um, there's this comic. I don't think you know him, but um, he last week I went to his uh, relapse party, Ugh, which oh my was God, that's hilarious. Which is one of the funniest things I've ever that heard really of in my is, life. Actually, um, but he <laughs> that would be a hell of a party. Like, I just I like my buddy was like, hey, this dude's having a relapse party. You want to go? And I was like, a hundred percent, yeah. So I it's like, and then I had my. Uh, one of my other friends be like, I think that's bad karma to go to like a relapse party. Well, I was how like, bad was his? Yeah, like, was he doing? So we didn't know, but I asked him when we were there, and he was like, Well, look, what happened is that I had like a really bad breakup with a long term girlfriend, and then I like he's a comic, so he's always around booze, and he just like really got into booze, and he was kind of like mitigating the feeling of this breakup with booze. Sure. And so he decided like he needed to quit drinking because like he was going down the path a little bit too far. Well, I guess it's been three years since he quit drinking and he was like, I'm not, I'm in a good place. I'm not worried about that breakup. And so now I feel like I can go back and have a couple of drinks because he's not drinking to run from something. Right. Um, and I was like, well, good for you. Like, I'm, I'm happy that you're in a place where you feel like you can drink. Yeah. Um, so it is possible. He's like, and bring on the heroin. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was half expecting to roll into that party and have him being like on the floor again. Yeah, like honest um, to, oh. But uh, like, so he could do that, but I but think. But people say it's a slippery slope. They'll say yeah. it's going to go right back into the full-fledged addiction. If yeah. you're really an addict. But if he wasn't an addict sure. and he was just doing something temporarily. I think it's one of those like, and AA's definitely got its flaws. But I think it's one of those that if you're to the point where you feel like you need to go to AA or the people around you feel like you need to go to AA, then you are too far gone to ever like be a casual, be a casual again. Like I'm sure people, there are probably people all the time that are like, Oh yeah, I just didn't drink for the last like 10, 11 months, whatever. Like didn't have anything going on. Didn't really want to do it. Like whatever. And then they get back into it casually. It's like, um, but like, 
I also if, know alcoholics though that are definitely alcoholics that are like, no, I spent two weeks not drinking. I'm fine. I can do it anytime <laughs> I want. And I'm like, sure, that's a good. Well, there's <laughs> different there's different types of alcoholics, right? Like you've got your binge drinkers, yeah, which like they can go like six days at a time but on that seventh day if they're gonna have like 45 drinks yeah then, then like that's <laughs> just as bad as having like four cocktails a night every night yeah, you know absolutely um so it's like that could be a different form of alcoholism for sure um you don't see that with heroin though like, yeah, that's ah, went two weeks with no heroin. Oh, I'm huh. really doing it now. That's Those people die nothing. actually. They're... Oh god. Well, yeah, that is what happens exactly. The people who go, yeah. the people who quit a real hard drug like that and then relapse, they go because I think yeah. your body, you take what you think is the normal amount, yeah. and your body's like, not anymore. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Even with drinking, that was the Amy Winehouse thing. Yeah. I think. But did you see? I just saw this. I love musicals. I love okay. Neil Patrick Harris. Sure. In particular, I know he's a regular actor, and he more or less. Um, but he apparently hosted a party where they had like a cake that was the corpse of Amy Winehouse. <laughs> I was like, "What?" That's... It was something that was online, and I had to look it up. How did it was he so think of real. It? I have yeah. no idea. Wow. And I also think, I mean, it was clearly meant to be a joke and not sure. something. But people were like, I can never watch his uh, stuff yeah, again yeah. because Whatever. of that. And I was just like, okay. he has a sign I didn't know he had. <laughs> um yeah yeah those like i thought you were gonna say neil patrick harris was an alcoholic i was like i bet his life is oh, yeah i wouldn't pretty, be surprised pretty stressful there's the people that like stress drink at the same yeah. way they stress he eat and, like, he's been famous since he's like yeah. 12 yeah oh, that's my probably, god that's a path most kid stars take is yeah. the, the drugs and alcohol listening to uh like the kid um uh, did you watch the sopranos no. Oh the my other, God! Know, you missed, like, you are the, the only one. I was like, I. <laughs> I really have. The sad thing is, I actually tried because everyone says it's so good. I watched like the first three episodes, and I was like, I'm not in love with this. Uh, yeah. Everyone loves it. I have to try it's, again. Yeah, it's one of those slow, slow, slow builds, builds, and then you get yeah. really okay. And you get like into the story and the characters because it's people's like number that. one. Like it's their oh, yeah. number one show. It's up there for me. Yeah, it's definitely top five. I have to try um, again. But like one of the actors that played the the son was like into like drugs as a kid um like hard drugs and he was saying like like for in his real life yeah yeah, yeah in his okay. real life and it just kind of stemmed from like he had way too much money and a ton of free time because like the school that the actors would be in would just be like these little nothing like all right we'll do like your 40 minutes of classwork or whatever and then once you're, you're done free. with your shoot you're free and then yeah. all your friends are like and then you're famous so everyone wants to hang out with you and then you get invited to all these parties and you're just like a kid so you have no idea what anything is or like there's no yeah, way there's he no could have the perspective yeah. of like oh no heroin's gonna be a big fucking problem for me yeah i don't remember if he was on heroin it was like i might have been pills that he was into but um, those child actors that's so tough because they have so much money and so much freedom yeah. and fame at like the right age they're so stressed oh yeah like I do not envy them at all yeah yeah no those are like that's like the Drew Barrymore's from back in the day too like uh, Corey Haim like yeah but it's funny I just listened to an interview with Kirk Cameron 
who was a big kid star, and okay. he did not get into drugs. He found religion, oh. and he goes, "That is almost worse." He's <laughs> yeah. like on a on a like social level yeah. that makes you a bigger pariah if you come out as well, like. like- it's the same addiction like he's getting instead of alcohol telling his brain to do this chemical dump it's like religion like he's going into the church and yeah. it's like and he's proselytizing he's like uh, yeah. doing this I'm better than everyone and everyone needs to listen to me kind of thing I yeah. guess yeah 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 oh man well we are at an hour perfect this was super fun yeah, I could talk about psychology and addiction all day so when you were like let's talk about that i was like yes yeah I'm, that was probably good I'm i was gonna in. come in heavy and be like abortion <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i mean if you want to do abortion i'm happy to do that because that is we've we've done other episodes that are like heavy like i oh, really i um i interviewed one of my old uh this is probably my favorite episode but one of my best friends from high school about what it was like for him to come out as gay because he didn't oh, yeah. come out until later in life and like done other stuff like that so if you want to if you want to have like a serious one on abortion then like <laughs> let me know we'll get you back like, on trans let's do it <laughs> we should we'll do it we'll do a serious one at some point i like that yeah. stuff because uh um no one has like nuanced conversations about everyone gets angry so yeah. it could be fun to try <laughs> sure yeah anytime um where could people find you i'm uh mostly just social media at ali breen i do the bob and tom show every wednesday so you can listen there and at live comedy shows that i post usually on instagram about cool. in new york mostly but all around yeah we're on a bunch of three monkey shows together exactly all the time so yeah midtown manhattan oh my god it's uh it's something yeah um, <laughs> uh, follow me at cory t comedy on all social media and come see ope a comedy show every single week at ferns in the east village um if you're in new york city Allie, we need to still get you on that, that show yeah that um, we'll get that done soon and then yeah like follow subscribe share the podcast all that fun stuff and um let's do it again sometime perfect sounds good